Yes, winging. Hello, I'm Emma Clare and welcome to the Prohibition Radio Show. Would you believe it? We are in November already. Where has the year gone? I know there'll be a lot of people that will be glad to see the back of 2020. Now, for this show, I'm really excited to share with you the first of our Swing Sisters takeovers. That's right, Prohibition recently launched a Ladies of Electro Swing and Vintage Remix project. So the first of our Swing Sisters is Little Violet. She's best known for her work as a singer-songwriter. I had loads of fun chatting to her and I can't wait to share the interview with you. So let's dive straight in. What's that you say? You gotta turn on the radio. Okay. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Hello. I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? I am very well, thanks for asking. Thank you for taking the time to speak to Prohibition. Oh, I really appreciate you having me on, honestly. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. So this is the first instalment of our Swing Sisters uh, takeover, which is really exciting. So you're our first guest as part of the new project. Amazing, (laughs) Um, thank you. No worries. So for the listeners who aren't familiar with yourself, can you tell me who you are, where you're from and what you do? Okay, where do I start? Um, so my name, my real name is Cherie Gears um, and I'm also a little Violet. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from uh, Teesside in the northeast of England, but uh, I moved to Leeds for music college. So I did a jazz degree and then I stuck around in Leeds ever since. I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, a performer, I'm also a vocal coach and uh, I arrange music for choirs and things like that as well. Oh, amazing. That's really cool. We had Delana Lies on the um, on the show before we kind of launched the Swing Sisters thing, and she actually does some coaching as well. So oh, brilliant. That's, um, yeah, that's really cool. And so you, you say you've got the kind of Little Violet project, but it's not just you that does that. I think you do a band as well, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we've had many colours of, uh, of ensemble. We actually started as an, uh, an acoustic jazz band so mm-hmm. there was no no electro at all um when the the band was first formed um and now we've kind of got our core four and and for certain gigs we can expand or you know just mix it up depending on what what the gig needs basically mm-hmm. or if we're recording and stuff like that amazing and who's in the band um so the core four <laughs> the core four uh, uh so we've got oliver norman who's the producer and he's the the evil guy who turned us into Electro, mm-hmm. bless his heart. Um, and then we've got Andy Cox, who's our clarinet player, and he does all the arrangements for the horn parts, uh, which are amazing. And then we've got Stephen Drinkwater, who is our drummer. So that's the core four. And then we've got our, our bass, bass player and guitarists and other horn players and so on, and keys players who come in for gigs. Amazing. I love that name, the core four. It's almost a bad name for itself. (laughs) (laughs) And you you mentioned that obviously you come from a jazz background, um, but you've got the kind of electro influence. But how would you kind of describe your sound to somebody that's maybe not heard of you before? This might not be very helpful, but uh, to me, it's like a dark comedy. It's like, (laughs) because, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of kind of dark flavours mixed with, I think quite interesting melodic lines from the instruments and hopefully the vocals as well. And then they're all kind of groove based. So they're all driven down by like a nice dirty bass line and um, an infectious drum beats really. 
Nice, I love it. Yeah. Infectious drum beats. You got a nice yeah. tagline there. <laughs> <laughs> and what what brought you to electro sing? I'm really curious to find out like what your journey was into the sound. Uh, do you want the long or the short version? <laughs> somewhere in be- somewhere in between. We have got an hour, somewhere but <laughs> we've got loads of <laughs> <other> questions. <laughs> Um, so well, basically after college, um, I started doing a lot of session vocals um, and I uh, started working uh, with uh, Bob, who is Robert Edwards, who I did my first EP with, with Cookie Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did lots of stuff for him. I think like, my first ever session was the Mazuma Mobile advert, which was hilarious. And yeah, so he, I was in a, a different originals band at the time called, Little, uh, called Lazy Baby, sorry. Mm-hmm. And... Bob gave me a couple of tracks, a couple of little loops, like eight bar loops to work with. I wrote Shut Up and Don't Stop, Shut Up based on uh, my old guitarist who needed to (laughs) shut up. Um, And then I wrote Don't Stop pretty much straight after as a way of like uplifting myself and just Mm -hmm. kind of like, because, you know, working with your best mates is always hard, especially in creative stuff and sometimes you just want to punch each other. Um, So Don't Stop was my kind of way of like, actually... I'm just going to get back back on and, and keep going. Uh, so I recorded those with Bob. They got released with Cookie Records. And then suddenly it was like, oh, there's this movement that's starting to happen. And then it, it was all it was all just so new at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started getting gigs and it's like, oh, we actually need a band. And <laughs> I like get, calling my mates from college, like, hey, guys, come on, let's get a band together. And then it's just kind of evolved from there really oh that's amazing it's, it's really cool to hear everybody's kind of journey into electro swing everyone's got a kind of different path but um no i love it and you seem to have really strong messages in your music as well i love it they kind of tell stories yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm definitely a storyteller with with my songs and I, I've always like I always envision the music video as well as I'm writing the song. It's like I've got the whole movie in my head of, of what if it you know sometimes it's a personal story that's come out of something that I've experienced myself, mm-hmm. uh, and other times it can be through friends or family when I've seen them go through something that it's inspired me from their story, mm-hmm. or it's just totally from my imagination. And, and I just I do get very like when when we're putting putting the music together with with the songs and Ollie might want to do something I'll take a verse off out and I'm like whoa 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 that messes up with the story guys how <laughs> how can this happen if this hasn't happened yeah. like come on I'm like do you not actually listen to my lyrics so, <laughs> <laughs> I think they went through a time especially with Ollie when he didn't he just wasn't even listening to the lyrics and then now I get he's like oh this really made me think of this or this da, da, da. and I'm like Finally. Uh, success. <laughs> Yay. That was really cool. It kind of leads me on to like what I was going to ask you, actually. It's it, who are your main musical influences? Because you kind of said like your family kind of sometimes influence stuff you write. But is there anybody else that's kind of like influenced you over the years? Uh, well, yeah, I, def- I definitely come from a very musical family. There's five siblings as well. So there's a lot of musical chaos oh, wow. that happens between us five. Um, and my dad... Uh, wrote music and and wrote musicals and things like that. I have such an eclectic style in music, but I think people like from from the jazz side, just scat singers. I'm obsessed with, mm-hmm. and obviously the queen of queen of scatting is uh, Ella Fitzgerald, who I think a lot of us vocalists owe a lot to. Um, but then songwriters like Stevie Wonder, absolutely like amazing. What? Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, everything, and then. A female artist like uh, Esperanza Spaulding, bass player and vocalist, just literally, she's dropped it gorgeous as well. Um, but yeah, they just 
like good strong vocalists but also mm -hmm. strong songwriters as well and you say your dad like writes musicals that's pretty cool but what's he written anything we should know about uh well it was all he was uh, the um the drama teacher at our school he was um He's actually passed away now. Oh, sorry um, to hear that. But, uh, no, no, don't, no, don't be left. It's fine. And so we performed a lot of his musicals whilst mm -hmm. we were at school and things. I went through college and this and that. And then he had his, his own original bands growing up. And so there was, yeah, there was always a lot of music going on from that. So he did like a, a Frankenstein. There's an. Yeah, you won't. I guess you won't. You won't know any of them, but yeah, <laughs> uh, Frankenstein. I think I know that one. <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> and uh, what music were you into before you kind of discovered swingle jazz, or has that always been like a big part of your life? Um, yeah. I mean, we were brought up like my dad would listen to everything from like Elvis and Dean Martin and Bing Crosby to like Alice Cooper and Led, Led Zeppelin, Janis mm -hmm. Joplin, like just everything and I my first little uh, cassette collection <laughs> was I had I had a Judy Garland compilation and a Sam Cooke album a Led Zeppelin album which I did I choreographed with my amazingly terrible dance moves oh I'd love uh, to see some of that <laughs> I was such a bad dancer uh, in fact that's why Charleston Boogie came about because I was like I can't do the Charleston oh wow but I can do my my own version of the Charleston which is the Charleston Boogie which is my excuse at not being able to do the Charleston that's really cool I absolutely love that track it's one of my favorites <laughs> I have to say well, you. <laughs> you're kind of um you're leading the interview here which I absolutely love because you've just talked about Charleston Boogie um which um obviously there is a music video to that one is there or not, is there not? I, very I don't think there one. is. Well, there is in my head. I definitely, I definitely uh, did one in my head when I wrote the song, but uh, no, I don't think any, unless somebody's put some kind of compilation of bits and pieces together. Uh, I think we need to get a music video for Charleston Boogie. For everybody yeah. that can't dance, which would be me, we'll <laughs> <laughs> dance the Charleston badly. And we'll send it to you. And we'll oh, yes, please. Exactly, exactly. That's what it needs. That's what it needs. Um, I love it. Now, I've been kind of like doing a bit of snooping on your social media. And um, I've seen some uh, videos of you kind of playing the piano and singing. Is that something you've always done? Have you, do you play any other instruments? Um, yes, I've always, I've always banged on the piano. I'm not a very good pianist, but... I play it because it's something that I can accompany my voice with. So yeah, I wrote my first love song when I was 11 and did some like terrible TV show talent thing, singing like <laughs> to my first love in my phone. Oh, <laughs> um, and I played the clarinet when I was at school and the orchestra and stuff because I was a bit of a rebel in the orchestra. But I did get a Blue Peter badge. Because we played oh wow, what did you get that for? Don't, I don't mean to brag, guys. No, uh, you have bragging rights. <laughs> so it was our orchestra we played on the Blue Peter show. So I got to meet the dogs and everything. Oh, no way. But I, it was cool, apart from the fact that I borrowed my sister's clarinet to do the show, because I was like, you know, it's going to be on TV. Better use my sister's clarinet, because it's better. And then I, I left it in London. <gasps> oh, sorry, sis. <laughs> but you got a Blue Peter badge out of it, so it's OK. <laughs> That's a really cool story. Any kids that uh, grew up in the 80s and 90s in the UK, just let listeners know, Blue Peter is like the show that you wanted to be on as a kid. So. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'd love to know, kind of like, you kind of talked about it, but where your inspiration for writing music comes from. And this is kind of tied into 
um, gigs, do you get inspiration from kind of seeing other artists perform? And if so, obviously we've not been able to go out at all during the lockdown. So has kind of this affected your inspiration? Have you had to look elsewhere? Yes, yes and no. I think I never really know where my stories are going to come from. Usually I'll just start tinkling away um, and something just starts to evolve. I'm a very kind of, my my creativity just kind of, I always say vocal vomit. <laughs> I say that to my students. <laughs> I love it. Like, just, just let go. I'm a, like, I'm a big improviser. Uh-huh. And uh, when you said that, like, I, I talk too much when I'm nervous, which is obviously what I'm doing now. So I apologise for that. It, uh, <laughs> it is an interview, so we need words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just it's just my way of dealing with things, I guess. I just yeah. Be, just let let stuff out, see where it takes me. Uh-huh. And yeah, watch watching other artists is like, you know, and you get the goose pimples from yeah. their stories or their delivery and you're like, Oh my god, that's amazing, like so inspiring. Like Kate Tempest for me yes. uh, was probably one of the I've seen her a few times, probably four times, but the last time I saw her, I literally like I cried uh-huh. pretty much all the way through it because I was just like, oh my God, this is just so powerful. It's so moving. And I think to be able to do that, to be able to stand in front of a crowd, whether you want them to just feel enlightened and happy and dance and forget their worries or whatever, or you actually do want them to think and reflect and um, you want to, you know, really connect with them uh-huh. and and get them thought-provoking or give them thought-provoking mm-hmm. ideas or whatever. It's that connection and that communication with the audience that is for me, the most important thing. So hopefully I can find stories that are going to help me <laughs> through, like you say about lockdown, yeah. that <laughs> are going to help me just kind of get get rid of um, some kind of s- the stresses and tensions that it's brought or um, insecurities or whatever. And do you ever kind of, I, whenever I go to see other DJs play, I'm, I can never switch off. I'm always like internalizing, oh, that, that was a good track or that was a good mix. <laughs> do you find that like when you're like hearing vocalists, like, oh, that, oh. that was a really cool like way of doing it. Yeah, definitely. If there's like a cool little run or just good vocal technique or I'm like, oh yeah. my God, she's doing that so powerfully in a mixed voice and she's up there, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I guess so now you just off in your oh, head. You're like, no, I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I hear you too yeah. much. <laughs> now, you're, you're currently part of Nick Hollywood's Freshly Squeezed record label. Uh, how did you meet Nick? I'd love to know the story behind that one, how you kind of came to work with him. I don't. I think the first ever White Mink gig I did, I don't think I actually had a chat with Nick. I think the first time I actually spoke to him, mm-hmm. uh, I probably didn't give off the best impression because I travelled to Llama Tree Festival from Leeds and uh, actually got poisoned along the way because somebody had put alcohol rub on the ice tray bucket thingies. Oh no! So I was I was drinking this massive bottle of water with all this ice in that I didn't realise had alcohol rub on. <laughs> so I'm there like, oh, I feel a bit sick. I'll better drink some more water. Oh, I'll oh, drink some no. more water. Got to Lama Tree Festival, literally chucking my guts up. Go on stage to sound check for um, for the white mink uh, tent. Come off. Nick's there, I start chatting to him and I'm literally like, one moment, one moment, running off, <laughs> chucking up, coming back, finishing off sound check. It was just like, I don't know what he would have thought of me, but yeah. Well, it obviously such, didn't put him off. <laughs> well, yeah, he's such a nice guy and he's always had quite a nice relationship um, with um, with Bob, Robert Edwards from mm-hmm. the first EP. So they've always kind of had a nice, a nice little um, communication going on between them. And then uh-huh. when we've had more music coming in we kind of kept in touch with Nick as well and then um, a couple of summers ago he was like yeah I really want to release some stuff 
um, yeah, so we went from there. So it's been a really, really nice journey. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, Nick. Nick's a really, really nice guy. We had him on the, the show, uh, the last show, oh, and yeah, he's uh, he's really interesting. He's done so much. <laughs> it's just like we could. Oh my god! Yeah, what? created five shows without everything that he's done in his career. It's insane. I know. Yeah, I, know. I always get a little bit nervous when I'm talking to him. Like he's usually over like a, a video call or something, yeah. and probably like I'm doing with you right now. Probably <laughs> just talk too much, say loads of stupid stuff, and then get off, and they're like, "Oh man!" Oh yeah, <laughs> I was. The same. I said to Nick, I said, I'm so nervous speaking to you, I don't know why. It's just because you've just got so much respect for this guy and he's been doing yeah. what he's for a long time. So, so yeah, Nick, if, we watch, if you're watching, we all love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we've talked about, um, well, you kind of mentioned actually that you do your vocal coaching. Um, so you've got other stuff going on as well as kind of um, singer-songwriting. And I also find out, again, I've been stalking you on social media, apologies, <laughs> that you are a mum as well. Um, so how do you balance all this? Like, there's so many plates. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit crazy. He's, only, he's, he's still quite young. He's uh, 17 months old. So because of, I had him, and then obviously we've been in lockdown, I've not really gone through a proper hardcore summer Mm-hmm. Of gigs which it would have been my normal world right um with him so i was all ready to take him to all the festivals with me had, he's got his little headphones oh. like, i was like come on let's do this um but obviously that that hasn't happened and now it's it's really weird because you end up being more productive than i was beforehand even though i've got like 0.5 percent time to do all the stuff that i mm. you know once had all day to do um you end up just being so much better with your time, I guess, Absolutely. when you've got a little one. Um, and at first I found it quite hard being like, okay, it's seven in the morning, I've got until seven and nine to write a song. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> and obviously that time in the morning, you don't even want to be singing, never mind like being creative. Yep. Um, but, you know, you just got to do it. And actually sometimes you need that little bit of a kick up the backside to kick yeah. you into, you know, exactly, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, um, Jamie Berry, uh, when I spoke to him as well, he's obviously recently become a dad and he said the same thing. It's kind of, he has less time, but he's actually more productive because he could spend yeah. like three days like kind of thinking you're doing something, but actually not. When you kind of put under pressure, it's amazing what you come out with. So that's a really inspiring to hear. And um, obviously you kind of said that lockdown has given you more time to focus on music. Has it had any negative impact on you? Kind of like your mindset or your mental health? If so, how have you kind of managed it? Yes, I mean, definitely. Just not performing. Like I've I've been gigging full time since I was about 15 years old. So mm-hmm. um, not performing is weird. It's really weird. And like... I, th- I find myself just being really over the top in front of people just because I'm like, I need to get it out of me somehow. Like I'm used to jumping up and down st- a stage. Like I don't know what to do with my energy. Um, so that side of it has been really, really, really hard because your world is suddenly, it's tiny and you're yeah, with the same sure. person. Like in, that, in, in our house, I've got one other adult. And, uh, then no, well, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, a lot of the, like, us humans we need other people we need other colors in our lives and stuff so like yeah it has been it has been really hard i know for everybody um but on the other side of the coin 
I think like I've never had this opportunity where mm. number one, my voice is allowed vocal rest. Oh, like, wow. Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> like, I've always just it's like my voice is about to die. It doesn't matter. I must travel eight hours and then perform a show yeah. and then travel another six hours and perform another yeah. show. And so I actually feel like my vocal my vocal range and everything is just in so much better condition than it has been for a long time because it's had that kind of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to concentrate on writing whereas before you, you shattered from gigging so much that yeah. you actually don't have the mental capacity to then go right now I need to go back in the rehearsal studio I need to go do this or that and so and, and it's also given me a, a massive boost to get better at like using logic and actually pr- producing my own stuff rather than doing a little piano vocal yeah. thing sending it to the guys and being like right do something with that now it's it's been up to me and that's been like that's, oh my god they're, they're gonna regret it because uh, yeah that's that's really good i've built yeah. a lot of skills up from that definitely um it's really really cool to hear all the musicians that have kind of really just run with this opportunity as you say just with this is never going to happen again literally um, the world has been, it's been paused <laughs> and we've got you know all this time to work and uh, develop ourselves so I for one am very excited to hear what you come out with that, uh, having heard that you're now doing your own stuff on Logic so that's uh, that's really cool and um, you do I've seen that you've kind of worked with um, a few kind of electro swing producers as well as kind of putting out the original Little Violet stuff I was again I was having a snoop around on uh, Spotify <laughs> and you've got an impressive number of monthly listeners on there I think it's like over 50,000 that was really yeah, cool <laughs> uh, is there anyone that you haven't worked with yet what you'd like to in terms of like producers uh, I think I'm at a point now where I'm just I'm really eager to work with as many new ears and ideas with as many ideas as possible. Uh, I was really lucky to work with Jamie actually yep. earlier due, at the start of lockdown. So that was that was really really cool. And we're actually working on some some new stuff as well, some other stuff. And he's just such like you say, he's such a lovely guy. And our kids are pretty much the same age as well, so we can just have a good natter about uh-huh. like, all that. Um, and I know you mentioned uh, Alana Lies, who you had on recently. I really love her her track with uh, Riff Kitten. So mm-hmm. I think like. You know, that's really, really nice, cool. I like the dark vibes. I've been listening to that freshly dark uh-huh. uh, playlist a bit more when I've just been having some downtime. And I think, yeah, I've that more kind of chilled out electro swing stuff, I guess, because we're not all partying. We're actually mm-hmm. at home more. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I think that kind of that kind of stuff. And um, obviously, Power of Stella, because I'm absolutely in love with, uh, with his new stuff. And I, I did a little... Um, a little cover of one of those tracks uh stuff so, but you know anytime anytime you want to work for me it's you mentioned i think <laughs> everybody in the electro swing world would like to work with parov but parov if you are yeah. listening to this or marcus should i say by his real name we've right. got a, a very talented lady who'd like to work with you so you never know <laughs> And uh, you mentioned Alana Lies as well again. She's a name that comes up quite a lot. Obviously, she she's very good at what she does, so rightfully so. And she um, is part of the Swing Sisters project um, that we've just launched, which obviously is our uh, chance for Prohibition's kind of support and showcase the amazing work that you guys do. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's something that's a bit of a... Um, it's not something that people always like to talk about, 
um, because obviously everyone's fighting for kind of um, equality in the music industry, but it is still very kind of male dominated. Um, so I'd just like to find out from your perspective what it's been like working as a female artist in the music industry. Uh, have you faced any challenges or come across any barriers? And also an interesting one, have you ever been given opportunities just because you're a girl? Um, I mean, yes, you can't deny that there is, that, like, it is a male-dominated industry. But having said that, oh my gosh, there are some incredible artists out there, you know, past and present. Um, and I think there's just, there's more talk now. We're talking about it more and we're, mm -hmm. we're making it known. So I think that that in itself is is an amazing step forward because that, that all, that just makes it relevant in people's minds. Mm -hmm. I think me personally, um, I love working with guys, so I've, it's it's never been an issue for me. And doing a jazz degree, it was 18% male. Right. Um, so I've always actually found guys really easy to get on with and really easy to work with. And I think sometimes it's us women that are ha like are harder to work with because <laughs> yeah. scared, well, I get scared of women sometimes because and they're <laughs> the ones that I want to impress more. Um, so I think like in the electro swing community i found this so amazing that all the female artists just seem to be lovely and they reach out to each other and yeah. i was never really an instagram person i mean i'm not really social media -y really anyway but mm -hmm. on instagram i found that like you just get lovely comments all the time and they tend to come from the female artists yeah and everyone's just so supportive with each other and for me that is the most important thing. We need we need to keep that going and keep that love for each other and that support and not see each other as um, rivals or see it as competition or um, you know that jealousy thing. Yeah. Like put all that to bed, and that's that for me is the most important thing. Yeah, that's uh, you've had a really good point there. That everybody, not just the girls in the electro swing scene, but everyone in general, does seem so lovely. I it's know. Just, what is it? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. Yeah, it's really it's positive to hear that you've kind of you haven't yourself haven't experienced any issues as you say you've done the jazz degree and that's very male dominated anyway. So it's it's kind of been just normal for you. But if we look at the kind of that's a topic but in a kind of live music slash gig environment when people have had a few drinks you know it's a bit rowdy have you ever experienced any kind of like inappropriate comments or kind of attitudes towards you when you're performing from men or women we're not gonna <laughs> i'm gonna discriminate there <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> deny that i haven't i mean i just take it all with a pinch of salt for me when i'm on stage I'm in role anyway, I'm a character and I'm performing, I'm there to do a job and, a, and I'm there to, you know, make myself feel good, hopefully make the audience feel good. Yes, you have some idiots in the audience mm. who'll say things that are derogatory or just inappropriate or whatever. Um, I've never, I've never, uh, apart from like a few sound men who are just a bit silly, um, <laughs> I've never had, I've never dealt with something that's made me feel really uncomfortable or, mm -hmm. I mean, I've always got my my band members they're always my best my best friends anyway yep. so i know that if i ever did feel like i was in a in a sticky situation or i felt uncomfortable or whatever i would always have somebody to reach out to and yeah for me personally i just take it with a pinch of salt and i i, I don't know guys probably have to experience it as well the drunken ladies like we can be just as bad oh, as the men sometimes God, that's why i said yeah men or women because women can be just as bad <laughs> like throw, throwing the bras at people when they're on the stage and stuff <laughs> It's usually me selling the band members off actually to the audience. I'm like, 
Someone's so single, come on. <laughs> Love it. And then, do you have any advice that you could offer to any kind of female artists that might be watching this that are kind of at the start of their journeys or people that haven't even started that are looking to get into music? I think the, the most important thing is just to be really focused on what you actually want. Like, mm-hmm. what do you want from this industry? Is it that you want to make music? Is it that you want to... Um, work with interesting creative people is it that you're looking for fame are you looking for success are you looking for acceptance whatever it is um, because it's so easy to be led down certain tracks or certain um, avenues that other people want you to do or yeah. you think you should do because if I do this then uh, you know I'll look good in front of my mates or whatever but if it doesn't fulfill you in your heart you're not going to be happy so you're always going to be striving for something and trying to reach something that was never really there anyway or it wasn't as important to you as you thought, if, if that makes sense. No, what did so, you yeah, add? Staying focused to what you actually want from the industry and going for that. And and you, you, you'll, never, you'll never be unfulfilled if it's something that you actually really, really want. That's really cool advice. I'm, I'm listening and thinking, wow, that, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, you you learn resilience and you learn to grow a tough skin in working in the music industry. As you say, it's easy yeah. sometimes as an artist to kind of see these come, things come along and you want to grab each one of them. But as you say, you just need to focus on what it is you want to do and yeah, mm-hmm. just knuckle down basically so, and it, that's really good advice that you give me actually uh, but is there any um what's the best piece of advice even that you've been given from somebody else i'd love to say it's be yourself but obviously you can tell being myself is not great uh, <laughs> so <laughs> probably uh buying a set of in-ear monitors is probably the best mm-hmm. advice because again being being a vocalist protecting your voice protecting your instrument mm-hmm. because you can't just go out and, and buy a new one you have to take care of your voice if you're a vocalist um so yeah in ear monitors have yeah made my career a lot a lot uh i guess more durable i've got more years than you know <laughs> oh yeah you're, you're easy your 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 um your money aren't they so you need to oh, look <laughs> my ears are my careers i did hear a what was it a string section i think at a, a gig once that we our we were sound checking it made a bit of feedback and they were like oh, my ears my careers it's good i think um hearing protection just in general is a good one um i recently got some um those custom earplugs that you can get if you uh, uh, yeah. full time and I, I don't often wear them so <laughs> i need to remind myself to wear them <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah protect your ears you only get one sat um now you mentioned kind of social media that you're not particularly great at it or you don't do much of it um i just kind of want to talk about social media actually because it's a big part of the music industry and our, kind of all our personal lives as well um for the most part do you try and keep your private life separate to your life as a song singer songwriter and in which and if so why um, I don't know whether it's a case of if I try to do that, if it's a conscious thing or it's just that, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I just get a lot more fulfillment outside of social media. I think, I think social media can be quite a dangerous place. It can, it can fulfill you in, in lots of ways and introduce you to lots of new artists and lovely people and you can mm-hmm. see things that inspire you. Yes, there's some great stuff. But for me personally, I probably, <clears throat> I probably only go on social media a couple of times a week um and it's usually work-based so it's usually mm-hmm. to do with to do with music and things like that and the rest of the time um like i'm doing 
other creative stuff and I'm just not the kind of person I don't take my phone with me everywhere to be like I'm I'm doing this now I'll take a picture I'm doing this now I'll take a picture it's just not part of my DNA maybe yeah. it's because I'm old I don't know um but social media I think it, it, it can trap you sometimes and also like things appear like everyone else is having like the best time in the world and yeah. they're living their best lives and I'm sat here like <laughs> doing whatever um and you know that's not good for anybody and also uh because I'm I follow a lot of like you know save the world things and animal mm. things I can't my, my little heart can't take it oh, seeing gosh. sad stuff so <laughs> I like ban myself from uh, from social yeah. media sometimes because I just yeah there's a lot of horrible things happening in the world that I can't cope with. No, there really is. And I've got admiration for you when you say you only go on social media two times a week. I wish I was that person. <laughs> <laughs> I was the person that was taking a selfie of myself before the interview started because I was going to post it on my Instagram after. So <laughs> I should have done that though. This is the problem. No, you shouldn't. Right? It's okay not to use social media. <laughs> I think there's a balance, isn't there? It's like... Um, yeah, somebody actually pulled me up in the industry. I'm not going to say who it was, but he said, you're always on social media, Emma. Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, you know what? Thank you for saying that. A, it shows that you care. And B, maybe I am on it a little bit too much. So. <laughs> um, it is addictive, though. I can, I can see. Yeah. I can it see how it can be really is. addictive. Um, yeah, as you say, the kind of um, the comparison culture um can be really dangerous have you ever kind of mm -hmm. felt yourself kind of slipping into that have you had any kind of negative experiences um and how how does it make you feel because I, I for one i'm very bad at the looking at stats and looking at what other people are up to so i just kind of want to know your kind of experiences of it yeah same as really i think it's just that scrolling through looking like everyone's living their best life and maybe i like I should be doing this or I should be doing that or I haven't worn makeup for like five weeks like, and, yeah. and everyone else looks perfect no. <laughs> um, and yeah I think it's you just got to bring yourself back to reality and it's what works for you some people would be able to look through social media all day and it not affect them or or be able to you know detach themselves for it from it it's just doing what's right for you and what what you feel your best self with you know yeah if it makes you feel good and it inspires you and like i said before about the different different people reaching out to you strangers sending you a nice comment like oh my god that does you the world are good especially during lockdown where you're not socializing as much you know having a little bit of co a contact with somebody mm -hmm. from the outside world uh can be really really helpful for us all as well so you know there's, yeah. there's a lot of good there's a lot of good that comes with it no i agree that it's yeah it's kind of about finding the balance isn't it yeah. and um as you say um it's easy to look at people on social media and think that that's who they are like in day to day life like i've seen kind of um some of your videos and some of your pictures where you've got like your 1920s dresses on and they look absolutely amazing so i'm dying to know is that little violet day to day or is this that kind of thing we see in the videos is that as you, i think you kind of said it's more of a character so or is vintage style kind of part of your life i'm kind of curious <laughs> I, mean, I wish i could wear a sequin dress obviously not a 1920s ball gown when you're doing the dishes or anything but you know what i mean <laughs> i wish no i wish i could i would i mean it, yeah it's really sad actually half my wardrobe is is just all these beautiful dresses and i'm like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you've just been left you've been abandoned for yeah. the past like seven months or whatever it's been uh -huh. um i mean yeah for me little violet is a different version of of sheree and i think we all play a different versions of ourselves 
yeah like probably hundreds of, of versions of ourselves throughout the day um but little violet is my chance to just really just let go she's sassy she's like in your face she's silly and um but she's also like a lot more confident than me so i love being little violet like okay. i love writing as so even when i'm writing a song I, i'm i'm the character or i'm like um yeah i i just completely become her which is really really nice um and she did inspire me a lot especially at the start i was kind of picking out more vintage items i mean mm. i'm a oh, well, i was a charity shop addict like nice. literally hold my hands up yeah <laughs> Um, but you feel good, don't you? If you get it from a charity shop, it's better for the environment and you give money to charity. Absolutely. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think now it's just it's just whatever I feel comfortable in, what makes me feel good and happy, um, I'm all for. I don't I don't really need feel like I need to follow some kind of fashion rules. I think I, I think at the start of this of um the electro swing kind of journey mm-hmm. i think we all did i think it was all like yep. you know where <laughs> we you, we can't like be seen without like a little uh 1920s headband or that's totally. the big up. <laughs> and it and like turning up to meetings i felt like you know i've really got to put all the work <laughs> in i'm like far too much effort man the boys just turn off in like what they wore like for the past week yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah and then there's me, I always have to like do my makeup or whatever in the van on the way to a gig and they're like, <laughs> it doesn't matter to them, it's uh, So yeah, I think I think it was part of my fashion or my day, day-to-day wear before, but I think I'm just, just way more chilled now. That's really cool. I think it's just fine. As you say, like when you first, but well, me personally as well, when I first got into electro thing, I was like, yeah, you're going to wear all these flapper dresses, but they're really not me. And I think it's like finding your own kind of style and finding your own way. And yeah, I think people buy into authenticity as well. I think they can see if that's not you, it really shines through. So Brilliant. I think it's, just, yeah, just about being yourself. And if yeah. people like you, then great. If not, then there's a hundred of other people that will so I think yeah it's really interesting I, I asked Jamie Barry the same about his dress because he kind of used to wear the 1920s stuff and then he's kind of slowly kind of like changed styles as yeah. well so it's really interesting to hear um yeah. so uh, I'd also like to know you've talked about you like to go through to charity shops love it girl after being in heart <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what else do you do when you're not music and do you have any other hobbies oh hobbies um um well i'm absolutely i love i love nature i love animals so i love to go for walks and i I love to get lost basically you don't want to go on a walk with me because my agenda (laughs) is usually just walk and not have a clue where you're going in what direction and then find your way back always have a picnic also a picnic and so lockdown has been really good for us actually just exploring our surroundings a bit more so Yeah. yeah definitely um going on nice walks uh, I love painting and drawing, <laughs> cooking. I'm really into cooking. Oh, I don't. Lovely. I'm not very good at following recipes because I just make it up as I go along. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a big. I'm a big vegan cook. Oh, are you vegan? Uh, I am. Yeah. Amazing. That's really cool. And look, we Wolfgang War is vegan. I, I'm vegetarian. I'm uh, a partner, Chris, and I know he's a vegan. And we've actually said there aren't many in the electro swing scene, so we've found another one. <laughs> You can, come, you can come to our vegan dinners. Yeah, yes, oh, and likewise. As I say, I'm a good vegan. That's amazing. What, what's the last thing you cooked? I'm, I'm, I'm interested now. Uh, I made, well, I made pad thai last night. 
Um, and I did a big vegan chilli the night before because I took some to my friend who's, uh, who's been a bit poorly. Um, I love I love Indian food, so I make a lot of dals and things like that. And curries and, yeah, all sorts. Amazing. My mouth is literally watering. <laughs> I love curry. But can we around to oh, yours yeah. for tea? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when we're out of local lockdown. Yeah, when we're out of lockdown, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, I'd like to know uh, what the future holds for you. You've Obviously, you, you sound really busy and you've got loads of stuff going on, but um, what, what's kind of next in the coming months and, and years, even if you plan that far ahead? I know some people do, some people don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a planner, really. Uh, but, I mean, I... Like I said, during lockdown, I finished these 10 tracks, um, which hopefully uh, are in the hands of Freshly very, very mm-hmm. soon. I think we just need just on the mastering stage now. Right. So hopefully they'll, we've got the next EP coming out and then the, the album tracks, which are already kind of done, mm-hmm. hopefully will be following soon after that. So yeah, really, really excited about those new releases, but also just, I just want to be gigging. Oh, um, yeah. So <laughs> as soon as we're allowed to gig again, just please just, anyone <laughs> I just need to get this out of me we're not fussy I'll take anything at this point <laughs> oh, I love it I, I think as soon as lockdown is over everyone is just going to have the biggest party I kind of oh, have been imagining okay. what it's going to be like and I think I see it as like you know going back to when the war was on and they had those street parties and everything with yeah. the flags up and everything I just love that once this is all over we need that don't we definitely just a bit of old school kind of community spirit (laughs) so we have for you um some fan questions um so when we have people on the show we always ask the electro swing community and obviously the prohibition listeners now we've got a couple from the electro swing community and we've also got loads from the girls who were involved in the Swing Sisters project, which is really oh, nice. Cool. They've got some questions for you. And right, so we're going to kick off with a question from Chris Nanook. He says, I often hear people say music is a male-dominated industry. Obviously, we've talked about this briefly. Do you feel that it is equal across all genres? And do you feel steps have been taken to redress that balance? And what would you like to see more or less of? He does interviews, so this is a bit of a tricky question. <laughs> I, was gonna say. I mean, I mean, we have we have kind of um, We've already kind a of bit briefly of talked about it, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I can only talk from my own experience, mm. um, and I do think I do think there is some imbalance there, and I do think that you know whether it's um, on people's minds as to you know what instrument they choose to learn or what mm. what um, industry or part of the industry they choose to go into whether that's, you know, a gender-specific kind of uh, decision or not, I don't know. Um, but for me, it's just it's just talking about it more and it's being aware and just... It's not giving the job to the girl because it's the girl or the yeah. guy because it's the guy. It's giving the job to the best person and just working with someone because they're good at what they do or they're a nice person like yeah. that's at the end of the day i think that's that's what we do anyway i think even if someone's like super talented or super hot if they're not a nice person you generally like you're not going to have as much time for them exactly. anyway so i think I, I do think the industry um it's got holes in it and it, it needs to sort itself out but us guys we know what we can do we know mm-hmm. that we can just reach out to each other yeah. and and do our best not to just 
judge a picture on what the person looks like and like exactly. actually read the content that they might have put with the picture <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I um, yeah. and help celebrate each other sorry no that's a really good answer and I think you've hit on a, a good point there about the kind of content that backs up a story because I think that the, the nature of people is we're just so judgmental isn't it so you don't yeah. always kind of read between the lines so I think that's kind of important. I mean, from a personal perspective as well, my content that I'm trying to put out recently, instead of just sharing a picture, I'm trying to put more of a story into it because people really like, people want to know what people do. You know, they want to know who Little Violet is and they want to know, you know, the story behind things. So I think that's like a really positive step that we could take to kind of make things better in general for everybody. Yeah, Yeah, that's Um, really nice. Yeah, for sure. And this is a nice question for you that's come from Rowan. She'd like to know what motivates you? Food. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to sound really, really cheesy and stuff now, but like I'm... I'm motivated by love and happiness, which usually comes from friends and family mm-hmm. and animals and nature. Like yeah. that's like I'm I'm a pretty simple girl. That's that's all I really that's all I'm really bothered about. I'm not I don't need to go shopping and buy stuff. I just yeah. need to go for a walk, see animals outside my house, and I'm a happy girl. That's cute. And do you have any animals? I have not asked you. Do you have any pets? I've got two cats, Bongo and Crunchy. Duh. Yeah. Uh, we did have eight cats at one point just because somebody gave us a cat that was pregnant with six kittens. Oh. Best time of my life, not going to lie. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they've all gone to family as well, so don't worry. We didn't get really Did but you know where... that the cat was pregnant when you were given it? No, not at all. Not at all. We just got given this cat because this lady couldn't look after it. <laughs> and she, and uh, yeah, she gave birth to six kittens in my wardrobe. Oh, that's so cute. Just it was, opening it was your wardrobe to like pick an outfit and all these little cats come running out. <laughs>
Um, and she wrote a song actually about being a mum, which is a cool one. She wants oh, to know from one working mum to another, things she wants to pick from your kind of personal viewpoint. How do you manage, like, she's a, sing- a, a writer as well. How do you manage your writing when you're working from home? Do you ever have any like disruptions from the baby or have you got to kind of time it when he's feeding or <laughs> sleeping? <laughs> Oh, so many, so many. Like, even just, like, trying to get in this room and, like, not have Sebastian open the door, because bless him, he'll just be like, Mama! Uh. Mama! Every second. So it is, like, it's it's stressful sometimes, but it's it's amazing at the same time, because you get... And he loves to bang the piano, and I used to try and write with him on my knee, but uh. then he broke, my, he broke one of my pianos because he dribbled <laughs> down it. He was that excited. It was, like, flashing away. Oh, bless him. Uh, his dribble went through, and... Uh, and yeah broke it so you know it's as as she'll definitely know as well it's tricky but you just you find ways you magically find ways and um you know this little person brings you so much love and so so many emotions that like you've got all this all this weight of emotion to to work with and kind of mold into your creativity anyway so actually a lot of good comes from it. Oh, that was really cute. And it's a hilarious story about the piano. <laughs> poor, poor baby. <laughs> but he's too cute to be cross at though, I would have thought. Uh, oh, yeah. It was, it was actually quite hilarious. <laughs> and then we've got one final question for you from the ladies. This is from Alana Lies. She would like to know, if you could meet one of your heroes, who would it be and what would you say to them? Ooh. Great questions here, girls. I know, really good. Um, I mean, the hero that came to mind straight away was Stevie Wonder because yep. I'm just in awe of him. And I did, I have, I have seen him live, um, but obviously didn't get to meet him. So I'm <laughs> too starstruck. Oh, I know. I think I'd be starstruck as well. It's too good of a question. What would you ask Stevie Wonder? Come on, help me out, but. <laughs> Gosh, what would I ask him? Uh, come on, I'm help you. Um, I'd probably want to know about superstition because that track, oh my gosh, it has started so many parties. Like I do <laughs> wedding gigs, and the, the amount of people that ask for Steve Wonder superstition, what it's like to have written that track and to see yeah. it over the years, how it's made him, how has it made him feel? Because you just be like, you'd write this track in your room, and like you know, it was probably like when you when you write your tracks, you don't expect them to go on to do so well so I think I'd want to know kind of for superstition like again I've I've done thousands of weddings over the years and um Steve Stevie Wonder Superstition is one of the songs that I actually don't get bored of singing yeah. I think because you can just change it up every time you sing it and I had a Stevie Wonder song for my first dance as well knocks me off my feet sounds, sounds great <laughs> oh thank you okay so maybe I would ask him about his musical journey of because you know he wrote pop music mm-hmm. but he added every chord under the yes. sun to it it wasn't like following that one four five formula so maybe my question would be something something to do with that like how did he ever feel pressured that he should follow the formula of yeah. of the pop music or the rhythm and blues and what helped him kind of be allowed i guess to add that add all the jazzy cards in or was it just that it was is that that's just what he's always done yeah. or did he just but kind of refuse to conform as you say he kind of um paved the way he changed changed the styles didn't he he brought something completely it was a bit off the wall back then, wasn't it? As you say, he's breaking yeah. the rules and everything. So that that's yeah, I'd like to know that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're kind of coming towards the end of the interview. What we always do with um, finishing off is just a quick, a bit, a little bit, a little bit of fun. It's a silly kind of quick fire round. So then there's no no hard questions here. And I'm really curious to find out what your answer is going to be to the last question. Um, so here we go, quick fire round: cheese or chocolate? Uh, chocolate. Nice. Vegan, chocolate. <laughs> Vegan chocolate, yes, absolutely. Uh, I realised that when I just I was just about to answer you, I was like, oh no, she's vegan. <laughs> but they do do vegan cheese and chocolate. Uh, bath or shower? Shower. Nice. Shoes or trainers? Uh, trainers. Or boots, but that's not an option. Oh, I should have put boots on there. What, what <laughs> trainers do you wear? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not into, I'm not a brandy type person. I'll go in a charity shop, get some Love and it. wear them. Yes. Uh, so this one might be tricky. Swing or jazz? Jazz. Ah, yeah. And on your night off, do you like stay in or do you go out? Uh, when I'm normally gigging, it's a stay in for sure. Yeah. Jamie Barry said exactly the same thing. He said he's too old to go out now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it's the curse of if you're a performer. You, you, you go out, exactly. you work, and you have a night off. You want to stay in? <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> and what three things do you always take to a gig with you? Ooh, um, lots of food, a big reusable bottle of water, yeah, um, and makeup remover because nice. I come off looking like yeah, you look like a panda when you come out. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll lose my voice. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh as well. <laughs> so we had Jamie on, and in answer to it, he, I asked him what three gigs, three, three things you take to a gig with you, and he said one of the things was sandwiches. Now his sandwich of choice is a BLT. So Nick Hollywood, who we had on last time, he listened to Jamie's interview, and it got him. We were asking what his sandwich of choice was. So to continue on that theme, what does Little Violet have on her sandwiches? Oh, um. I'd, I'd make quite a big sandwich if, I, if it was a sandwich because, yep. like I said, I, I take a lot of food um, <laughs> and <laughs> I eat a lot. I'm gonna get bored in journey, so I eat. I eat nervously as well, so I just yep. eat off stage. <laughs> so I'd probably have some hummus, some blanched red pepper, some kind of like um, maybe some like garlic mushrooms and. Nice. Salsa, a bit of avocado. I just, yeah, I, as whatever I've got, I just stack it up. It's just... <laughs> Love it. I'm making a conscious note of this because when we when we book you all for prohibition, we're gonna have this oh. rider ready with all these sandwiches on it. We're like. <laughs> Just brilliant. Chubba I think hummus, out, <laughs> hummus and I'm happy. Yeah. And out of all the sandwich uh, filling so far, Nick's was tuna mayo. I've, yours is my favourite, obviously, because I'm vegetarian. I couldn't eat either of Nick's or, or Jamie's. So. <laughs> brilliant. Love it. Well, sadly, we have come to the end of the interview. It's been lovely to talk to you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, I have. Thank you so much for being so lovely. And I apologise if I've just spoke far too much oh no it's been great you've you've chatted loads which makes my job easier (laughs) Um, i'll drop links to all your social medias and everything uh, on the youtube comments for people um to find out and also mix cloud uh, so they can see and follow you on social media so yeah thank you very much amazing thank you so much emma really appreciate it hey buddy do you like to swing come with me you're listening to emma claire the best of all things swinging at Prohibition Radio. Radio, 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 radio. Uh, big, big thanks to Sheree 
for taking the time out of a busy schedule to speak to the Prohibition radio show. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. That's all for me. I should be back with you in December for the final show of the year with Power of Stella. I cannot wait for that one. So I shall see you then. Hashtag Prohibition MCR.